The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in to talk to our financial and retirement expert here in studio, here's our phone number, 855 855- 767-3123-855-ROSE-123. And good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Chris. And how are you today? So far, so good. A little bit rained the last couple of days, but you know what? We'll get through that. Just like we'll get through everything <laughs> We always else. do, yes. This it happens. This too shall pass, as you like to say, right? <gasps> That's one thing that I love about the beginning of our show each week. <laughs> you introduce me. I always say, how are you today? And you give me the weather report, man. That's right. You <laughs> That's know, we, cool. we're just very predictable people. That's, we are. Yeah. We are. We want to be know? stable. And, and, and speaking of weather reports, whatever happened to opening up the window and sticking your head out and looking outside and getting the weather report that way? Hey, now we're all tied up on apps and, and these weather apps that people have. People, I know people have different weather apps, and they, they say different things. Bob's got his finger wetted, and he's got his finger out the window now. He's just checking. Oh, the wind's coming from the – that. okay, the wind's coming from that direction. Yep, Bob. <laughs> It's okay. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show here. I have to tell you, though, before we came on the air, just a few minutes before, we offered Bob the mic yeah. to uh, to run the show today, and yeah. he's just kind of looking like, oh, I don't think down. so, because he did turn us down, but it would have turned into a sports show. You know, he's such a star, we don't have enough money to put him in the place right now. So we're Mr. To- Mr. XM, yes, yes. absolutely. And, uh, so, yeah. so. One, of the, one of these days, he'll, he'll come up to our level. Yes, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about bob sits here uh and he does the phones uh bob does the phones and uh, some engineering work in the back and let's just see if we can pump bob's day up today and and you know some of our shows we get you know three or four calls per show and and some of our some of my shows we get 10 15 calls per show and it's very fun to watch bob go crazy with the phone (laughs) switchboard and everything like that so bob let's just put you under the bus and see if people want to give us a call today at 855-ROSE-123 and see if we can stress out your Saturday morning a little bit. How does that sound? Good plan. Good plan. Give us a call, multiple calls. Let's get Bob busy back there. 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Make Bob work a little today, so that's good. Hey, so this past week in the marketplace, the market uh, kind of kind of closed strong yesterday, Friday afternoon. Um much to do with a fairly upbeat jobs uh, jobs number. We had a 211,000 payrolls in April, uh, which was pretty good. The the uh, uh, the report actually paves its way for a, a another Fed rate hike probably sometime in June. Fed kept the the rate the Fed kept rates uh, steady the other day. Um, but, uh, you know, things look like uh, the economy's uh, producing along pr- pretty well. Fed came out and said, you know, GDP in the first quarter of the first pass was, was sort of a uh, transitory thing, the, the little bit of weakness, not a big issue at all. So, uh, you know, things look uh, pretty good when it, when it comes to all of that. So that's what, 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 that's what was due to the market uh, strengthening 
yesterday afternoon uh, towards the close. It'll so. be incremental. It'll just be a little tiny bump in the road, really. Well, that's the whole thing, Chris, is is you want it to be incremental. You know, if, if all of a sudden interest rates rise too quickly too much, then it could choke off some oxygen fl- uh, you know, flow to the economy. You know, you want to keep the, the gears of the economy greased. You want to keep the economy moving forward, expanding, you know, vertically as well as horizontally. At the same time, you don't want it to happen too fast because then you get – uh, prices increasing faster than wages, and you get this inflation pressure. So, so it's a, a very interesting, um, uh, you know, balance, if you will. If 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 there's too many dollars that are out there being spent, you know, if everybody goes to the grocery store today and tries to decide to buy three loaves of bread, everybody that's in the store, then then the price of bread can go way way up, and that's what the Fed wants to 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 combat. That's one of the things that they do with their interest rates is by raising interest rates, it sort of slows down the velocity of money in the in the economy. So it's a balance mix. The Fed wants to have maximum employment and, and growth, but at the same time, keep prices in check. So mm-hmm. that's why they do that, that type of a balance thing right there. Hey, so we've got some callers coming in. Let's uh, welcome Fred on the line from Stafford. Good morning, Fred. How are you today? I'm very well, sir. How are you? Good morning, and God bless you. Thank you. How can I help you, sir? Well, i got a question about debt payoff. Um, we're doing uh, the Ramsey Snowball thing. Uh-huh. And uh, what I find is we're paying off, uh, we pay off about three credit cards. And uh, but I, what I find is that I'm still cash poor because whenever I take the money um, that, I've, that I have used to pay off one particular card, I'm applying it to another and increasing uh, the amount that I pay off. But I'm still having real cash flow problems, which causes me to use my credit cards even more. <laughs> um so as a result, I'm I'm still using some credit cards, um, but do you understand what I'm talking about? That I do, I, Fred, and, and so okay. let me try to paint this picture for you. So I love your enthusiasm and your aggressiveness about paying down the credit cards, but when you pay them down too much one month, you don't have enough cash to to make to make the end of the month uh, come quick enough. So you're, you're putting yeah. more money on a different credit card. So you're basically overpaying down your debt too quickly. So just pay it down a little bit less, and then that way you don't have to hit another card by the end of the month. That's all. So the, that, that's, that's the simple scenario. So I love the enthusiasm about the debt reduction plan, but it sounds like to me you're paying down a little too much debt too quickly. So just back off a little bit, and then you won't be cash-strapped and have to hit another credit card, okay? Okay, that makes sense. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. Have a wonderful weekend. Appreciate the phone call. You too. And again, blessings to you, and thanks for all you do. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yep. Have a good weekend. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. We're going to try and jam up the phone lines today, make Bob work a little bit. Let's welcome Mike on the phone from Bethesda. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Hey, good morning. Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? So my question is this. So I, I'm a homeowner. I have a condo that, I, that when I move out, I want to rent it to a tenant. Uh, it's built in the 70s, so it's, so it's a little bit dated. It could use some upgrades. question is, how much would you recommend putting into the upgrading so that I could maximize my, um, my, my rent when I rent to a tenant? That's exactly right, is you want to put in just enough to make it appealing to get a long-term quality renter in there okay so okay. you know if, if you end up putting in let's say 
I mean, it's it's kind of a, a scenario of you know the the old the old joke and adage in in that scenario is yep, slap a coat of paint on there and a little bit of lipstick, and have somebody move in. But if you have things that are you know, structurally, you know, like if you see the the the, the floorboard trim is chipped and stuff like that, you might want to you know change that around or something. But you want to try to make sure that you don't end up putting in too much money that you won't get it back. So it's a balanced mix, and I would really talk to, I do some market surveys as to how much you can rent the place for. Look at your gross gross rent minus your your taxes, your fees, your condo fees. Um, insurance, the mortgage payment, and see how much fluff you have in there. You know, if you're able to rent it for a thousand a month, and you're all and your all-in cost is eight hundred dollars a month, after mortgage and condo fees and everything like that. Now you know you got a two hundred dollar a month positive cash flow in this simple example. So now, if you say, okay, well, I'm going to take, you know, a thousand dollars and paint the place, then you know that for the you know the next five months or so. You're going to be break even until you get that thousand dollars back. Then you're in a profit zone. That's sort of the math that you have to really take a look at. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure I can get uh, a monthly rent uh, commensurate with what I pay in mortgage and fees. I think I'd be down about a couple hundred bucks a month, two, three hundred bucks a month. So and what's that, the what's the value of your it? condo, Mike? What these are the value? Yeah. What's the value? Uh, roughly, it's a three twenty, three fifteen, three twenty. And how okay. much do you owe on it? Uh, about three hundred, maybe two two ninety or something like that. I've been in there about a year and a half. Okay. Um, and then how much upside down will you be each month? You said. Uh, so if my total rent, or rather mortgage and fees, is twenty six hundred, I think I can get twenty three hundred as is, maybe twenty five, twenty six. If I do some uh, pretty significant upgrades. Okay, so then why do you want to keep it then? Uh, <laughs> I think it's in my blood, uh, my blood, boss. I uh, my dad rents houses, and I, I do too. I already have one that I rent. And I think it'd be a cash cow because it's in a high rent district. Eventually, I think I'll uh, be able to increase the rent. Yeah, as long as you can pay that thing down and get it to a positive cash flow, then it will be a cash cow. So you just have to okay. weigh that that time frame. You know, you got to bridge that gap till you get into that positive cash flow. And then rental properties are wonderful from the standpoint of when you have a very good positive cash flow. And the best rental properties are the ones that are not such high value, but ones that are paid off. That's the ones that you really want. That's the ones that are really going to be cash cows to you. So. Uh, you know, if you're into that game, then that's fine. So then you know you know the story there. You just want to pay this thing down so that you're in a in a in a positive cash flow as soon as possible, Mike. Okay. 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 Great. Sounds okay. great. Thanks, yep, absolutely. Good luck to you, man. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring here at eight five five Rose one two three. Eight five five seven six seven three one two three. You know, Larry, that was some outstanding advice there. I just don't know about the lipstick piece of it, where you were talking about for the home improvements. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure how that works into home improvement material. But then that's just me. Well, there. That's the paint of coat, right? Paint of coat and lipstick. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that you got the idea. So hey, we're gonna take a quick break here. It's almost fifteen after. So uh, give us a ring. Eight five five Rose one two three. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Larry Rosenthal Show. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. 
That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Hi, this is Norm Allen from the American Lifestyle Media Network on Roku and on Web TV. You know, America has always been the home of the brave, especially in business where stepping out to create business and services is a bold move. American Lifestyle Media is one of those ventures. We provide Internet streaming programming on Web TV and Roku and all devices. You can subscribe today and be informed and inspired on the Out of the Norm Show, Expedition Texas, Young Country, Built on the Blues, and Freedom of Thought. It's television programming designed for you and your family. Just go to watch.americanlifestylemedia.com. That's watch.americanlifestylemedia.com. We hope you'll take advantage of our special 99 cent per month introductory offer only for a limited time. American Lifestyle Media. We're caretakers of the American spirit. You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Have some lines available for you to talk to our financial and retirement expert here in studio. The phone number here is 855-767-3123. It's 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal here in studio with us. Larry. Absolutely. So, hey, you know, Chris, the state of Social Security is, is always on people's minds. Oh, yeah. This subject came up this past week in, in working with some clients on... You know, what's the story with Social Security? What's the math behind it? Is it going to be there for them? What about what about people that are in their 80s today? What about people that are in their 50s today? What about people that are in their 20s today? Mm-hmm. What's the story with Social Security? Is it going to be there? How is it going to be funded down the road? How's, how secure is it funded now? You know, and, and some, some of the numbers that come out with, you know, what, what retired people are living on, when you take a look at, at their income, you know, they, they, they may have a pension uh, or, or not. They have some Social Security coming in. They have some investment income. But, you know, Social Security was never designed to be the majority of someone's retirement income scenario. It was always designed to be in addition to your own individual savings and investments. It even says that in the brochure. But today, 62% of retirees report that Social Security is a major source of their retirement income. Okay? And so when you stop and you look at that and you and you understand that a lot of people that are retired, Social Security is making up the bulk of their retirement income. It says a few things. One, it says that we're undersaved, and we all know that, that you know, a lot of people are undersaved when it, when it comes to this. But talking about the, the, the demographics and, and the dwindling support of money going in, you know, back in 1960, there was 5.1 workers putting into Social Security for every one recipient receiving Social Security. So when you fast forward here to, to uh, 2030, there's going to be about 2.3 workers putting into Social Security for every one person that's receiving and then in 2040, there's going to be 2.1 workers putting in for every one person receiving Social Security. So it doesn't seem so, sustainable long term. That's the question. How sustainable is it? You know, so right now, Social Security is basically financed right now through through uh, 2030. Uh, what was the number here? Uh, 2035. Okay. So what's going to happen at that particular point? Well, there's all kinds of, of people out there talking about, you know, well, what is going to happen with Social Security in 2035? Are they going to change it next year? What's the story? 
you know, the, the fix behind Social Security is basically a math problem. You know, Congress can sit down and, and look at the demographics and they can figure it all out in, in just a, a calculator over a weekend probably. But the, I think the issue is that it's the political wherewithal, it's the political backbone that's challenging in looking at trying to fix this because nobody wants to mess up votes or future votes when, when they talk about it all, you know. So one of the simple f- solutions here is at the end of the day, you know, right now when we pay our payroll tax, we pay 6.2 percent mm-hmm. well, of the payroll tax, excuse me, 6.2 percent goes right into Social Security, okay? If that payroll tax would just be increased from 6.2 to 7.6, then in the latter years, it could completely eliminate the shortfall of Social Security. It's a really simple, simple check, simple That's fix. exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's one thing. Another one is to raise the full retirement age, you know, from 67 to, say, 69. Both okay. of those are really unpopular. That's the problem. The, the, well, anytime you raise a tax, okay, it's unpopular. Anytime you create a fee, it's unpopular. Or anytime you wait, you make somebody wait for a benefit. It is unpopular. That it, that is correct. But you know, it's been spent. So so we have to really stop and take a look at it. And a lot of people are are concerned about. And I get this question a lot: Is Social Security going to be there? My opinion is yes, it's going to be there, but it may be in a little different form. You may have to re- receive a reduced benefit. You may have to wait longer to receive a benefit. You or someone else may have to increase a tax in order to uh, uh, receive the benefit. So I surmise that as we get closer to 2034, 2035, that's when Congress and the White House will act. Well, Congress needs to keep their hands out of the cookie jar between now and then, too, because I know that they borrow against it here and there, you know, and there's little things like that that have been happening over the years. It needs to stop as well. Well, they don't have their hands in the cookie jar, Chris. There's no more cookies. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, so, hey, so I want to roll all this into a scenario here of, of when it comes to Social Security planning, okay? You know, you, you get your benefits today. You know, sitting down with a financial advisor today, let's just suppose you're, I don't know, 50 years old, and you're sitting down with a financial advisor, and you're running out a retirement plan, and you're taking a good, solid look at it. Here's some ideas and some questions that you may want to be asking your advisor, or your advisor may want to bring this up. They say, yeah, so here's what your Social Security check looks like today, okay, projected down the road. Let's suppose at age uh, 62 you want to retire early. Let's suppose it's going to give you uh, $1,500 a month, okay, just as an example. Well, how do you put in all these future changes? You know, when is a future tax going to increase? What happens if you're going to have to wait longer? Maybe they change 62 to 63, you know, all that type of stuff. How do you go about doing that? One simple way to do this is just to add another simple expense inside your financial plan. So so just sort of put in there, you know, hey, miscellaneous household expense and put in there $4,000 a year, something like that. So now you have room built into your financial plan for the uh-ohs, the what-ifs when it comes down to shortfalls and stuff like that in planning for Social Security. It's one way that you can go about making sure that your plan is built from a conservative standpoint and not relying so much on a maximum type of a benefit when it comes down to it. So it's important to understand how to do that. If, if you're not familiar with how to get your Social Security statement, then you just simply want to go to Social Security, uh, or I'm sorry, SS, 
uh, SSI.gov, and you can sign up right there. They started sending out statements again, but you can also go online to SSI.gov, and you can fill out uh, your form there and then, you know, get a little account, and you can take a look at it and, and see exactly what the projections are on it all. So yeah, it seemed like I remember receiving that year to year, but the last couple of years I hadn't seen it, but I don't know. maybe Yeah, they shut it off, yeah. and then uh, now, I, now my understanding is that they're going to start bringing it back in again. Gotcha. Well, that's good. So yeah, it is. It is really good. And and when you when you you know again when you are concerning uh, or considering how to plan for Social Security, you know take it another step further. And a lot of people in my industry, in magazines and articles and things like that, are talking about you know waiting to age seventy to get your benefit from Social Security because at age seventy you will receive the maximum benefit Social Security gives. That's true. That's fact. That's indisputable. But is it the max benefit for you and your family? Here's what I mean. Let's suppose you retire at 66. And at 66, you decide, you know what? I'm going to wait till 70 to take my Social Security. However, from 66, 67, 68, 69, for those four years, you need to withdraw, let's say, $2,000 a month from your own savings and investments. Okay? It's a math question is what it sounds like. Well, that, that's exactly right. So during those four years period of time, you're going to be taking out roughly $96,000 mm. of your own money, plus you're going to lose the earnings on that $96,000 mm-hmm. when you're 76, 86, and 96, right? Mm-hmm. So when you stop and you take a look at this scenario, hey, I'm 66, I want to retire, I'm going to wait to take Social Security, and they're going to give me two grand a month at age 70, in this example, but you decide to pull two grand a month out of your own savings and investments. Now you're spending down your own money and allowing the government to keep your money versus how would your financial plan look if you took the money at 66, you took the two grand, okay, and instead of waiting to age 70, I'm sorry, I misspoke a second ago, maybe at age 70 they're going to give you 2500 a month, mm-hmm. but at 66 they're going to give you two grand a month. Mm-hmm. But now you're getting that two grand a month. Now you're able to save and keep your own two thousand dollars a month in your own savings and investments. At the end of life, you cannot pass on your social security, but you can pa- to non-spousal yeah. beneficiaries. But you can pass on your own principal and investment earnings. A little legacy thing going there. <clears throat> That's exactly right. So when I run out the financial plan for people, it oftentimes shows that if we Wait to age 70 to take Social Security versus taking Social Security when you retire. Most of the time, it behooves the family to take Social Security when you retire so you don't spend down your own savings and investments, which is a very interesting, it's an, a wide open, it's an eye-opening experience for people to look at. And they go, well, I thought I'd get more money from Social Security. And you will. At age 70, you'll get more from Social Security. But that's because a lot of times you're spending down your own money between normal retirement age and age 70. So you have to run the financial plan with two or three different scenarios in there to make sure that you and your family end up with the most money. Okay. It depends on how much you've saved, too, yeah, how much you've got really ready to go in the Well, it does. Yeah, buckets. absolutely it does. So, you know, that's, that's kind of the story on, on it all. And it's Wait. a very interesting conversation when we, when we run the numbers and, and really take a good, solid look at it. So... Uh, Social Security, the the selection date of Social Security is one of your largest financial decisions approaching retirement that you'll ever make. 
and people are not aware of, of how the math really works on all of this. So it's very important. Hey, if you want to get some information on Social Security timing is what we call it in our office. You know, we build out our financial plan for clients, and when you stop and think about this in your mind's eye real quick, as you age through life at certain ages, different things happen. Different tax benefits get 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 pushed towards you or alleviated from you. Different different milestones. You have your first grandchild. You have you know graduations. You have uh, college funding. You have retirement. You have vacations. You have all these different things. Sort of on a timeline, we outline that all for clients. Uh, in their financial plan. We have a 130-point checklist of things that, that people can actually do in a financial plan. If you want to get some copies of that, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email. Quick question on that, Larry. When it comes to uh, if you wanted to go to work, for example, to offset, say you've got some savings, and how much money can you make before it starts to eat away at your Social Security? Well, if you're 62 and and... And your normal retirement age, let's say, is 66, and you're 62, and you're deciding to to work and take Social Security, then this year the most you can make is $16,790. If you make more than $16,790 and you're taking Social Security before your normal retirement age, then Mm -hmm. you're going to have to start paying some of it back. So you could supplement a little bit there. It's not a lot, but a little bit of something there. Yes, you can definitely supplement. Yes. Keep, yep. your, keep yourself busy. Yep. Yeah. Hey, and I have clients that that are are that are near their normal retirement age, but sixty two or over, that are working part time now, and they're just managing how much money they're working part time, because it 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 affords you lifestyle. You know, it's yeah. if if you you know that's that's something we can continue to talk about here, which is really neat. It's it's sort of the financial planning without the calculator. You know, sometimes. People let the calculator of money drive their lifestyle decisions, and sometimes it's it's just wrong. you got to stop and say, you know what, hey, I'm 62, I'm going to take some Social Security, but it's going to free me up the ability to only work two days a week, and now I can do other things the other five days a week, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. including the weekends. So it's a lifestyle decision sometimes in retirement planning, and it's not necessarily based off of the calculator. And maybe People, you want to just work longer and just stay longer, and then maybe you would wait until 70 to take your Social Security, and then you are getting more anyway. So there's lots of other things that enter in here. That's correct. That's correct. And I'll tell you another thing, too, that I'm finding so so interesting, too, with, with people retiring is they say they want to retire, but they're not sure. They'd like to stay in the game. They don't want to give up the pay, but they just can't stand the stress and the, and the hassle of it anymore. <laughs> Driving. <laughs> I've, told, I've told many – yeah, I've told many people. I said, well, go back and tell your employer you're going to retire, but ask them, you know, hey, instead of doing that, can I work two days a week from home? Can I – work part-time, and a lot of people are getting offers to stay and and reduce the stress, reduce the number of hours, but still be employed, and it's freeing things up for people. And, and that's it's really good for the employer. Well. It's good for the employer, too, because you've got all this institutional knowledge that you you, know, you keep, you retain in the corporation from the time that that worker has been there. That's, I think it's good for everybody. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely. I once had a client who retired on April 1st, April Fool's Day. He kept telling everybody. Nobody <laughs> believed him. He didn't come in, and they started calling him. He said, hey, I told you all. I'm doing it, man. <laughs> what a great time to retire, right? Yep, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. So, hey, let's uh, let's welcome some people on the line here. Let's welcome Nadine on the line from the, from the district. Good morning, Nadine. How are you? 
Good morning, fine. Thank you and yourself. I'm doing well. How can I help you today? Yes, last year I made twenty-two thousand. Can you do me a quick favor here, Nadine? Can you turn that radio down in the background? It's a little bit distracting for us. Okay. Thank you. Last for... year I made twenty-two thousand. This year I made twenty-one thousand. I don't have any debt. Uh, however, I don't have much. And well, I have eight hundred in savings and in an IRA that was taken out. From a job that I had earlier, and it's eleven thousand dollars in there as of now. But I wanted some direction or you know any ideas about uh, moving forward. So, Nadine, you're you're saying you're making about twenty one thousand a year, and you have no debt, and you have low savings. I I have eight thousand in, in savings in an account, and it's. Eleven thousand in an IRA. So the so your question is, do I have any ideas on what you should be doing going forward? I I like the standpoint that you don't have any debt. So the question becomes, how long do you want to continue to work? And if you were to stop working, would your fixed income, maybe a pension or Social Security, come in? Would that enable you to maintain your standard of living in retirement? That's really the math that we have to look at. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't have any desire to retire. As long as I'm healthy and able to work, that's what I want to do. So. Okay, well, that's good. So what I'm going to do, Nadine, I'm going to ask you to, to – I'm going to put you on hold here real quick, and we're going to send you out our financial planning toolkit, and that's okay. going to help address this question for you, okay? Okay, thank you very much. Yes, ma'am. Let me put you on hold. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Raj on the line from Vienna. Good morning, Raj. How are you? Good morning, Larry. I can I help you, sir? to you all that you're doing, especially your focus on seniors now and about the Social Security and what we have taken for granted for a long time. Social security has been used as a political football. And the moment they touch the, uh, the third rail, they shy away. The construct of that, our medical and healthcare costs are increasing far, in far greater proportion than the incomes at all levels, at all stages. For seniors, there are seniors who are on four and five medications. Every single one of those medications has adverse effects. Raj, I, under I understand what, what you're speaking of as far as the fixed income goes and the rising health care cost and things like that. Um, I think you've called and we've spoken about this before. Do you have a question? Yeah, the question is this. What do we do with... Uh, the health care plan which the Congress has uh, put through. What we do, basically, is we have to sort of stand, to use a baseball analogy, we have to stand in the batter's box and hit the ball that's being pitched to us. So the best thing that we can do is construct a financial plan, taking a look at all of our income, our expenses, our assets, our liabilities, and and set ourselves up to live 
accordingly to what we can afford to do. We need to also save for retirement, but for people that are that are already retired, we need to really build out a cash flow analysis of where we are today and what it looks like down the road, leaving room in that cash flow analysis for increased cost in medicines and health care and things like that. That's something that we do with our clients already. We have miscellaneous cost items for health care and other costs like that inside of our financial plans. That's the best thing that we can do because whatever Congress is going to do to us, it's going to push those types of programs out to us, and we have to be able to react according to it. I don't think that we're going to be able to have our say as to how it will work for each individual American out there. So the batter's box. But how about our being the umpires? Well, that's where the votes come in. Yes. And that that, is that, what that's I, where the votes like, come in, and, and you have to have your voice heard. And so they're up there doing all that stuff, and hopefully they're listening to what we want. You know, and, and, and it's a great debate in this nation, and everybody wants people to have the best quality health care at a reasonable price. I don't think people want it. Uh, I think reasonable people understand that it, that there needs to be some sort of cost involved with it, whether it's a tax or a premium or an out-of-pocket money. But, but you know, pharmaceutical companies need to continue to research and develop. Uh, doctors and nurses and, and medical technicians, they all need to continue to be paid to provide for their families as well. At the same time, people also demand and want continued research and the best care. And so that's the dilemma that we have. So as an individual person here, the best thing that you can do is probably – Go ahead and and uh, you know let your opinion be heard. But at the end of the day, you're still responsible. We are still responsible for our own family's uh, financial uh, well-being, and that's where we have to sort of run into the the financial plans of things. So, Raj, I appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. Let's shoot on over to Rockville and welcome Mel on the line. Good morning, Mel. How are you? Uh, good morning. Uh, I just wanted to to thank you for taking my phone call. I have a question. Um, right now, I'm 65 years old. I will be 66 soon. I want to retire at 67 in 2018. I do have a mortgage, but I need to do some upgrades in my bathroom. And I'm concerned about increasing my debt at this stage in my life. Uh, and I kind of want to know what would be the best choice to do the upgrades and continue working full-time, or should I retire at the age of 67 and then work part-time? Because um, I think I'll be able to get 100% Social Security and still work. I'm, I'm not sure about the scenarios, but, but I do need to upgrade, especially the bathrooms in the house. So, Mel, so let me just ask you this question. I, I don't know you. I don't know the math behind everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what your, your income is, your debts. I don't know what the upgrades of the bathrooms are going to cost, where the money's going to come from or anything like that. What is your gut feeling? What does your heart tell you that you want to do for your life as far as continuing to work or not at this point? If I had my choice, I would have retired yesterday. Okay, so then let's back into that scenario and say instead of continuing to grind and work for the next couple years or so, let's build a scenario out of, okay, now you're going to retire. Where's the money going to come to upgrade the bathroom? So let's take a look at all of your different choices, 
And then what's the what's the cost going to be as far as that goes? Possibly one solution is to take a home equity loan and pull the money out of your house, but you said you don't want to incur any more debt. I understand that. If you take the money out of your home, then the interest may be tax deductible to you, and then you have to make a small payment back. So you're essentially you're paying back okay. your own house over time. But that will incur some debt for you because you're actually borrowing money from your from the equity in your home. The next scenario is, again, I don't know what the math is as far as your investments and savings goes, but if you want to, if the bathroom costs, you know, $20,000 to upgrade and you have, you know, some, uh, you, you can afford that to write a check, then by all means, maybe that's the best way to go about doing it. But at the end of the day here, retirement is a lifestyle choice. And, and I see, I deal with this with people all day, every day. I, I, I talk to clients for years, several years leading up to this particular point, this particular intersection in their life. And I'm, I'm very passionate about it because I see people making decisions all the time. And, and some people make decisions based off of pure money and the calculator. And other people are making decisions going, you know what, I need some lifestyle. I'm 67 years old now. I, 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 I don't want to keep doing this for another two or three years. I want to just get some lifestyle. I want to spend more time with my grandchildren. I want to do some stuff at church. I want to do blah, 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 all these types mm -hmm. of things. So the the answer to your question, the best answer I can give you, Mel, today without going, w w without knowing your scenario is let's just carve out two different pieces of paper. One piece of paper says let's continue to work so that we can pay down these bathrooms, the upgrades, and the second one is let's look at retiring as soon as we can and still accomplish your goals. Even if you were to borrow money from your home equity and, mm -hmm. and, and, and upgrade the bathrooms, the question becomes would that payment back to your home equity loan, will that change your lifestyle in retirement? Would you not be able to afford it? Or if you took money out of your savings and investments to upgrade your bathrooms and retire now, would that change your lifestyle? Would you not be able to afford retirement? That's the math behind the scenario. But I believe that you need to drive your desire for what you want to do. This is your life, and, and you don't want to have to be stuck working for your bathroom for the next two or three years. Do you see what I mean? So let's 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 – you know, let's stop and, and, and take a look at it. And maybe you do a plan where you're going to upgrade one a year for the next three years or something like that. But there's lots of choices. All this boils down to, uh, you know, looking at a cash flow analysis of where you are today. I w I'd like to send you out our financial planning toolkit, Mel. That will give you sort of the ability to draw a line in the sand right now and take a look and ask these questions and, and put this into a cash flow financial plan analysis. That's what I'd like to do for you, okay? Okay. Okay, that sounds like um, the first step of a plan. Yep, that's exactly what we need to do. We need to figure out what what's more important. Um, you know, it, can we afford the lifestyle of retiring now and doing the bathrooms? That's the math that we have to find out uh, okay. be, be behind the scenes. So congratulations. I think it's well thought out. 
Uh, good question. Let me put you on hold, and Bob will get you some information, and then we'll send out the financial planning toolkit, and then someone will give you a call next week to follow up to help you with the math on it all. Okay? Save, your, save your lipstick, too, Mel, because according to Larry, that's a great uh, home improvement. Uh, yes. oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Don't go anywhere without my gloss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Appreciate the phone call, Mel. Thanks a lot. Have a good weekend. I'll put you on hold here. You listen to Making Money Sense. We're going to take a quick break. We'll keep the phone lines open. Let's jam these phone lines today and make Bob in the back work a little bit. He's not working so hard right now. Pumping his arms there. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. You're all looking good today, Bob. It is. 855-ROSE-123. Let's jam up the lines for Bob today. listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage. 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations in MLS number 5618 and 99665. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show with Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in studio. Got a line or two available for you if you'd like to get in to talk to uh, Larry. The phone number is 855-767-3123. It's 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, Chris. Let's welcome Annie on the line from Binghamton, New York. Good morning, Annie. How are you today? Good morning, Larry. I'm good. How can I help you? Uh, I have uh, a question regarding uh, how to move forward regarding uh, 
retirement with both my husband and I, 60 and 70. I, uh, this, I work in education department, still working. But we had some uh, income, $50,000, that we wanted to be able to know what to do. And at the same time, our college kids are dwindling our savings. So um, I guess we need, I need, the question I really am concerned is, is how not to dwindle more our savings and what to do with this $50,000. Annie, it's an interesting question. From, I hear you saying that you've got to focus on your retirement, but yet at the same time you have college-age kids that are, that are using dollars that could otherwise go to your retirement. Is that right? Right. Yeah, and that's... that's um, a very common issue today, and the protocol, sort of the order of priority, is sort of a little bit of, of tough medicine, and that is we need to make sure that you and your husband's retirement is, is secured first before we spend down money for college. Now, let me say that with a follow-up here. You know, most parents, myself included, we want our children to succeed and do better than we do, and at the same time, we want to help and provide them as much college opportunity as we can. But we can't do it at the peril of our own retirement. So we have to really take a good look at this from a, um, um, a financial planning perspective. First order of business is we need to run out a, a financial plan for you and your, your husband, taking a look at what to do with this fifty grand, aiming it all towards your retirement, and then looking at the kid's college scenario. Second scenario is we need to take a look at this $50,000, aiming it all towards the college payments for your children, and then seeing how that affects your retirement scenario, and then maybe bridging the gap. Maybe some goes to college, maybe some goes to retirement. I'd have to really take a good look at the numbers. But that's really where we have to start in outlining this, this whole solution for you, okay? Okay. Okay. So, yep. Yep, so I'm going to go ahead and send you out our financial planning toolkit, and we'll take a look at the difference between, you know, lining it up towards college or lining it up towards retirement. You know, and, and another scenario, too, is that a lot of times what I see happening here is is parents want to um, <clears throat> provide the kids with the ability to get a degree and not be strapped with student loans. At the same time, the kids will go ahead and take out the loans, and the parents will pay for these loans after graduation. That way the kids get through college with no cost to them, and the parents then will just take some interest money out of their own savings and investments each year and pay down the student loans for the student, for, for their children. That's another way to take a look at doing it as well, okay? Right, but the, the, what if the student can't take a loan because they don't have credit? They're in college. They're too young. If well, they can, get a, they can get a student loan from college. They'll get a student loan. Those are designed for college students. Took a may have lost her there. Oop. No, I'm 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 still here. Oh, I'm okay. okay. Still here. The private school industry is a little tougher because it, their expense is so much greater. There's always you know. Well, it is, and they may not get a loan for all of it. So we need to talk. To, we need to get the school involved and talk to their financial aid department and go from there. So we need to gather up a lot of this information. Uh, because these are these are real life decisions and and decisions that will affect college, affect debt, and affect you and your husband's retirement as well. Okay, so that's the way we have to really approach all of this. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, Annie, I'm going to put you on hold here, and we'll send you out our – Bob will get some information, and we'll send you out our financial planning toolkit and have one of our advisors follow up next week with a phone call for you to help guide you through this discussion, okay? Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for taking the call. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Stay warm up there in New York, okay? Oh, right now we're getting a lot of rain. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Welcome to the club. Have a good weekend. Thanks. Hold on. Yep, absolutely. So let's welcome uh, Anonymous. Let's welcome Anonymous on the line. Good morning. How are you? Are Hello? You, are you with us? You got a retirement question for Larry? Might have might have dropped off. I think they're gone there. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. Or just so, got a little chicken, you know. No little, worries. A little stage fright. I understand that. That's fine. Let's welcome Basilia on the line. Yeah, good morning, Basilia. How are you yeah, today? Basilia's not there either at the moment. Oh. Is she there now? No, she's she's not with us. She's Bob. Bob's scaring people off. He's just ripping them out there. Okay. He is. He's pressing (laughs) the wrong buttons there. So, anyway, so that's good. Uh, Hey, I think uh, what uh, we got a few minutes here. Sure. Got a couple of minutes. About five minutes left in our program here this morning. 855 767 3123. If you'd like to talk to Larry, that's 855 Rose 123. Sure. So, you know, let's let's switch, let's switch say, over you, now. Before you switch, I was going to ask you a question. How did things go? Uh, did you ha- didn't you have a seminar or a church seminar of some sorts this last week? Or I did. Uh, so I've been doing a series of actually I have an- another one coming up next Wednesday um, or this coming Wednesday, May 10th. And uh, so I've been doing a series of Bible-based money management seminars. I, I've done these for years and years. If if you're interested in having me come out and uh, do a an educational um, uh, seminar at your church uh, with scripture in it, and and you know the Lord talks about money over 2,350 times throughout the Bible. And so if, if you're interested in, in uh, having that from an educational standpoint, we can put together the agenda if you want to talk about you know, the economy, if you want to talk about different investments, mutual funds, ETFs, estate planning, whatever it may be, we'd be happy to come on out and do that. Just uh, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. The process is I, I come out to your church. Uh, we don't charge anything to, to do this in, in churches, and we put together a, a, an educational class. Um, so if you're if you're interested in doing that, be happy to uh, to discuss that with you. Just go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email. Um, to, to do that. So, yes, Chris, we have another one coming up here. Sweet. Yep. So last month I did it on uh, charitable giving and donations and things like that, and, and for churches, how to raise some money through through charitable giving as well. So let's welcome Lorianne on the line. Good morning, Lorianne. How are you today? Oh, good morning. I am doing great. I am. Um, good. Something you said just really clicked with me about having a lifestyle, and um, I am – getting close to 50. I have very little debt. Um, it's just my car and I do not have a mortgage and I have really been like struggling with the money that I have set aside, um, whether or not to purchase a home. And right now I'm just living with, um, family. That sounds crazy that, um, I'm kind of struggling about this purchase, but you said a lifestyle. And I think that's my, my quandary. How does one get past, um, like I, I've heard you step some other people through, and I'm, I'm like, I really, I have this money. I don't know what to do with it, and I feel like I should have a house, and I feel misdirected. Like I don't feel. Does that make any sense? What's preventing you, Lorianne, from getting a house? 
Um, I'm in a very expensive area, and I've chosen not to repurchase a house in this area because I feel like I will be helped poor. Well, that's a very good reason right there to enjoy some lifestyle. There's a lot of people that are house, uh, that are, sorry, cash poor and house rich. That's what you're talking about, right? You'd be cash yeah. poor and house yeah. rich, right? And so, you know, that goes down to lifestyle. And I'll tell you this, I've seen a bigger and bigger trend, not necessarily at your age, but for retired people renting, okay? They sell their 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 home that they've they've raised their family in and then they go and they they get their retirement home and they rent because then they end up keeping all this cash. So, so it boils down to lifestyle and things like that and 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 you know it's a it's a it's a question that I, I talk to clients often about and we put it into financial plans and we do all different scenarios on it. You know, do you want to be a homeowner? Well, yeah, it'd be nice to be a homeowner, but at the same time, you don't want to give up your cash in order to do so, right? So even if you continue to rent, you're always gonna have a rent payment. Even if you own a home that's paid for, you're still gonna have utility bills, maintenance, taxes, and insurance. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you're mm -hmm. always going to have these ongoing expenses, whether your home's paid for or mortgaged or not, or whether you rent. So if you're in a scenario, if you're of, of, of mind where you say, you know what, I can deal with not having the tax deduction for my mortgage interest, but at the same time you have a pile of cash saved up in your savings and investments, maybe that's right for you. It gives you the flexibility to move when you want as well, too. So, you know, there's lots of pros and cons on both sides of that. And you have to stop and, and, and realize that one day, at one point in life, either you're not going to be able to or you won't be invited back to work. And that at that point, you're going to have to say, okay, how much cash do I have? What are my income sources coming in to maintain my standard of living during retirement? And you can include a house in that picture or you can include one not in that picture, too. So it just we just have to sort of sit down and look at a timeline. I think you said you're around 50. So so just mm -hmm. take a look at your timeline at 51, 52, 55, 65, all that type of stuff. What is it that you want your you, – you, what is it that your goals are that you really want to go about trying to accomplish with? So, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's your way on how you want to go about doing it. Up until now, I never thought about renting all the time. I, I've always like, oh, I, I should have a house that should be paid for by the time I'm 65. It's, you know, uh, well, like an you, agenda you know, and Lorianne, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that either. But at the same time, you, you've got to build out what what type of plan you want to have. You know, if you go purchase a house today and then you end up being cash poor and house rich, so now you can't take a vacation each year. That's not good either, right? Right. So, I mean, I am a fan of having a home and having it paid for. But now if you're going to buy a house and have it paid for by 65 when you say you want to retire, then we have to build that plan out for you, too, and take a look at your cash expenses. Hey, Lorianne, listen, I'm coming up on a hard break here. I've got music in my ears right now, so we've mm -hmm. only got about 40 seconds left in the air. I'm going to put you on hold, and I'll stay in studio and finish up the conversation with you if you give me about 30 seconds, okay? Thank you. Hey, everyone, you can catch me next Saturday for another session of Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. That's Saturday the 13th. Uh, so for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. Go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com or RosenthalWealthManagement.com. Either one of them is going to land you on the same spot. You can call our office at 855-ROSE-123 during the week as well. 
with any of your financial planning or investment questions. We get lots of calls, and we send out lots of information. So have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense.